everyone. Welcome to another episode of Space Flicks. This is the podcast where we review a movie and decide if it's worth the cost of beaming out to a lonely astronaut in space. Today, we are talking about The Beta Test from director, writer, Jim Cummings, mm-hmm. and, oh, and PG McCabe, PJ McCabe. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, I didn't realize that they both, it looks, at least from IMDb, it looks like they both got a director's credit. Is that right? Co- yeah, they co-wrote and co-directed it, co-starred in it. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. Starring Jim Cummings, PJ McCabe, and Virginia Newcomb. Uh, Adam, you want to read the plot synopsis? Yes. An engaged Hollywood agent receives a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter and becomes ensnared in a sinister world of lying, infidelity, and digital data. There you have it. The, the beta test, uh, a true, a true uh, mystery, thriller, intrigue. It's got everything. Um, let's talk expectations. We, Jim Cummings, I know, and I think you know for a similar reason, we... Uh, we both saw and reviewed on this podcast the Wolf of Snow Hollow. That's right. Do I have the title right? That's <laughs> the, yeah, that's the it. Wolf that's of Snow it. Hollow, I, which we both quite liked a lot, I think. Um, and so, but that's that's the first I'd ever heard of Jim Cummings. So for me, that's like the one data point I had. I was aware that his previous film, Thunder Road, was was highly regarded by many. I still haven't seen it myself. Um, but after the Wolf of Snow Hollow, I was definitely looking forward to this one. Um, the trailer looked quite different and, uh, definitely having some similarities, but kind of a different, you know, setting and he's playing a very different looking character. Um, so I liked that. I was intrigued to see him play, you know, something different and do something a little bit different. Uh, so my expectations were quite high cause I loved the Wolf of Snow Hollow. How about you? Uh, yeah, my I think the main thing uh, that we joked about the last time we saw a Jim Cummings movie was like, well, so long as he doesn't play a cop. Exactly. Right? Yeah. He's got to uh, not play a cop who's, who's, you know, it. falling apart. Right. And I think we even said, and I think we even said like, so long as he's not playing a cop, I'm totally okay. If he's playing a guy who's losing it. Yeah. Right. Right. He just needs to change one variable. Right. Yeah. And so, um, this like sort of had me from jump because mm-hmm. it's like here he is playing a not cop, yep. losing it, and so um, so yeah, I was really excited for it. Like, there's a particular tone to the way that Cummings, I think, really as a performer, ultimately, like that he can he can get on a particular wavelength that I think is like um, he's massively frustrated and cruel mm-hmm. uh and it and the way he does it somehow is like extremely funny to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and so like for for whatever reason if you just take that stew of a performer and you just put him in things and he happens to be the director and writer of the thing right and maybe the writing sort of is like perfectly paired to his performance style right um it's just sort of like Yes, sign me up for this. I just want to watch this guy do this particular brand of like irritated comedy, mm-hmm. you know, for an hour and a half. And these movies are typically like in and out in 90 minutes, right? Um, 
so uh yeah so i was really looking forward to it um when you know by virtue of the pedigree and by virtue of the of the trailer yeah and it is yeah indeed an hour 33 minutes so nice and nice and bite-sized uh very digestible um i will say as far as first impressions i definitely liked this less than wolf of snow hollow Mm -hmm. um i i do appreciate that he did something different and I, for the most part, liked it. I, I did think it was still a very watchable, entertaining movie. Um, somehow, I, I, I seem to recall The Wolf of Snow Hollow, the way, just from a plot perspective, the way that story concludes, I found kind of a little bit, you know, maybe undercooked, but not in a way that really bothered me. I, 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 I still liked it. This one, on the other hand, feels like it... I don't know if this is going to make sense. It feels like it builds towards the ending a little bit more. Like the mm-hmm. mystery feels like more intriguing, but then it's, it was less satisfying to me from a plot perspective, this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think also uh, this, this is really a, a good thing in terms of his ability as an actor, but in terms of the entertainment value of the movie, I found his character to be a lot less likable in this movie. Yeah. For Very sure. much on purpose. There's no question he's supposed to be less likable, but still when the protagonist of the movie is less likable, I just personally find the movie to be less entertaining generally, unless it's sort of offset by, you know, lots of likable other characters or something like that. But in this right. film, uh, there's, there's not really a lot of really likable characters. I think you have some sympathy for, you know, say his wife, for example, um, but mm-hmm. she's, she's not much of a character in my opinion. So right, right. those two things basically brought down my enjoyment. I think overall of the movie, just the fact that he, you're not really rooting for him. He's, he's kind of, a, you know, he's kind of annoying. Like you don't really yeah. like this guy and, uh, and the plot while, while it definitely has some really creative, um, elements to it. I thought that it didn't really deliver in the end in a satisfying way for me personally. How about you? What was your kind of first impression, first takeaway, uh, opinion of the movie? Yeah. Um, I liked it and am so glad that Jim Cummings like is making movies and keeps making them. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, the, uh, there was something I felt like there's some movies that munge together, like, weird unrelated things in mm-hmm. ways that feel exhilarating because you're like who would have thunk that you would put these things together mm-hmm. right so like mm-hmm. an example in my mind i think i think um paul thomas anderson is is occasionally like very good at that right Me, like i think about a movie like punch trunk love and I'm like here's a movie about a guy who gets like scammed by a phone sex line and his rebuttal is to collect pudding (laughs) right right which is like really weird and his job is like a plunger salesman it's just like these really weird disparate elements that don't seem like they belong together they're not like they're not commenting on each other in like a thematic way that a lot of movies typically would you know right it's more just like no, this is like the chaos of real life. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, he's a plunger salesman who called a phone sex line and now he's collecting pudding and that's what's happening, right? This is like, he's a Hollywood agent 
who gets caught up in a uh, mysterious um, sort of like anonymous sex ring and uh, and then there are like murders happening mm-hmm. right and it and um, and it just feels like these weird unrelated things are swirling around and you're sort of waiting for it to make sense or just to sort of resonate in like a visceral like completely illogical way Mm -hmm. that i never quite got right it was never Mm -hmm. like oh right your function as a hollywood agent is a really important like thematic aspect of what else is happening in the story it just felt like two things that got bolted together you know right right um and so that was i think the part that was probably the most um befuddling to me combined with the fact that i agree with you that the way the mystery unfolds on one hand it is like really um i think they do a great job of ratcheting up like the tension and suspense getting you to that point but then when they sort of pay it off and they're like this is what's happening in this movie Mm -hmm. because they're like oh that's that's what's happening you know like it's not it's not as rewarding as i i feel like other um it might otherwise i was sort of expecting it to be or imagining Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. so um i i liked it i think it's sort of stunning that these movies exist considering like the way that they are made you know like very scrappy yeah just like how tremendously diy they are i think he continues to be like one of my favorite performers oh yeah yeah Um, leading men yeah it's like it's like insane how weird and good he is uh, despite, the, and, and, you know, and I know I'm sure he would rather be thought of as like a director and a writer than as a performer, but like, frankly, I think his greatest gift might be his performance. Um, but, uh, he's a triple threat. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, and so, uh, I just sort of like, this is one of those things where it's like, just keep, just keep doing it, man. Like, because oh, yeah. what, you know, oh, yeah. so, some of these are going to be home runs, you know? Yeah, for sure. I guess I guess my the way I would characterize my view of it is even though I liked this film way less than Wolf of Snow Hollow, um, there was still tons of good stuff in here, and it was certainly good enough that it didn't in any way lower my esteem for this guy, for Jim Cummings. Like I will be looking forward to his next film just as much as I was to this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because to me, it it feels very very realistic and i would even say likely that this movie you know when he after he's made say three four more movies this movie will be like um it, it'll be viewed as you know one of his lesser ones but in the same way that you know the the cohen brothers as we've talked right. about like they have movies that you're like yeah that's not that's definitely one of the weaker ones it's but they are masters, you know, and and right. even their weakest ones are still like pretty good and have some redeeming qualities. Um, right. So this this feels to me, and I know that's totally premature to be making a prediction like that after three movies, but uh, it fe- it feels to me like that. Like it feels to me like this was sort of below average for him mm-hmm. as a final product, uh, and that his and he's still got a very bright future ahead of him. Right. Um, 
And I, I don't know. I frankly like, you know, I think we both, it sounds like are on the same page that we like that he did something a little different here. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a ton of, um, you know, like another movie that we've talked about and I think we loved that had a lot of elements just sort of swirling around and it wasn't super straightforward to like make sense of them or develop a point of view on like, what is this movie exactly about? Right. Was, uh, was sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's sort of like, um, I think even when a movie may not like hang together as sort of like a perfect, you know, clockwork universe where everything falls neatly into place and makes perfect sense. Um, which I think we often tend to like just as a, Oh, for sure. I love it when everything is perfect. <laughs> right. Right. Like a, but even, yeah, it's sort of like a, a Christopher Nolan movie, mm-hmm. right? That typically has that sort of like feel to it where everything is just f- slipping perfectly into place like a Swiss watch. Um, you know, I think these messy movies where it's like there's tons of different swirling ideas and there's not like one coherent thesis that you can sort of like put succinctly on a cocktail napkin to explain it. Like, I just love the fact that his movies have like ideas, you know, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. are exploring things, even if they don't always like perfectly work. That's okay. Um, Totally. So, yeah. yeah. So that's a great segue into themes. What do you think? um, It's, it's interesting. You said the fact that he's a Hollywood agent, feels like it has no bearing on, you know, anything else in this movie, which I, I, I wonder about that. I, I, I don't necessarily have a counter argument, but it feels like certainly there's aspects of this movie that are, that are making a statement about, you know, Hollywood and, um, the culture of let's say LA or in particular the entertainment industry. Um, Mm -hmm. I won't, I won't claim to be able to put it all together. I, what do you think, you know, are, what do you think is the message of this movie? Or if it's multiple things it's trying to say, what do you think those things are? Well, okay. So let me sort of, I think for me, there were like two major tracks and I didn't really ever like reconcile them or determine how they necessarily ought to fit together. But the two tracks were the sort of fundamental um, hollowness and vacuousness of like uh, of him particularly like specifically but perhaps his profession more broadly mm-hmm. right of like you don't do anything mm-hmm. you are just a middleman that sort of takes uh, commission on the backs of people who are like doing actual work mm-hmm. right creative work um and so the fact that uh something that the movie does really really well i think and he in his performance does really really well is this um he returns to a few sort of empty phrases that he just repeats constantly throughout the film i'm excited yeah yeah, i'm excited let's keep let's keep talking right Mm -hmm. and um because that's sort of his job, right? right is right. to just sort of have this fake enthusiasm for everything and to never let a conversation end, never let a relationship end. Because if it ends, then we can't figure out a way to monetize the relationship, mm-hmm. right? And so 
the movie, like as the character sort of spirals as Jim Cummings performances do, like there's something, I think the movie's largely about that, like this mm-hmm. sort of empty, worthless feeling that he's developing about himself and he can't really like hide or suppress as the movie goes forward, which I really liked and is very consistent with the other Jim Cummings movies, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As far as like this sort of rot at the core of the man, right? Yeah. Yeah. Separately, there's this notion of, um, well, like, I don't want to spoil it too much. We'll get to sort of spoilers momentarily, but there's this notion of a, of a, there is a business that is, uh, using like the data available about people on the internet to sort of predict and uh, what what they would be willing to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. And the idea of like a person misusing sort of the reams of data that are captured about people from their online presence and using it against them in certain ways is like, how? what does that have to do with the first thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That was sort of like my 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 little bit of uh, confusion. I was like, I didn't understand the relationship between these two ideas. Um, they're both, I think, valid and both, I think, like real ideas worth exploring. But I wasn't sure. I was like, why are these two things grafted onto each other? Um, yeah. That does that does that explain? Does that like is that understandable or is or you're like Adam? There's an obvious connection between these things that you're missing. No, it's very understandable. I, I wouldn't say there's an obvious connection. I, I feel like in the back of my head, there's sort of, you know, this dim uh, uh, sort of model of the two fitting together that feel it's more like a feeling that, yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's a connection between those things. But if, if I try to put it into words and articulate it, I'll probably fumble. I can try to anyway. Um, I, I would say backing up a little bit, I have a feeling, just a suspicion, call it, that Jim Cummings feels ultimately a lot of pity for the kind of person he's depicting in this movie. Um, Mm -hmm. Because even though I did find him very unlikable, the movie is also pretty clear that this this person does not have a very good life, right? Um, Like, for example, for example, and, and actually maybe we should just go ahead and say, because uh, I don't know how to really talk about it without spoiling the movie, essentially. Auga. So yeah, there we go. We're gonna we're gonna just get right into spoilers a little bit earlier. Spoiler than normal. submarine um, surfaced. Like when his friend is explaining to him, and this scene was hilarious to me, by the way. This is, I feel like I've seen this in multiple movies of like his friend is explaining what's happening. So it's just an exposition scene, right? But yeah. the camera is just like in circle, like doing circles around them. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, was this just like a, let's do something interesting visually to distract from the fact that it's just a bunch of exposition. Um, right. I just thought that was a funny like scene, but anyway, yeah. his, his friend is like, yeah, you know, so I think what this company is doing is they're like finding rich people based on what they like and what they, the ads they click on and stuff. And Jim Cummings character says, but we're not rich. And he's like, yeah, but you act like you are right. We act right. like we are. Right. And, uh, and it's, so, so it's like in the movie, the premise of this company, that's a predatory company 
is they're looking for rich people. Jim Cummings mm-hmm. is not a rich person, but part of his profession, part of his job is basically to sort of pretend that he's rich, right? To sort right. of act like he fits in with those circles and belongs in those settings. And it makes him really quite vulnerable, right? Like the fact that he was targeted by this company is really just the worst of both worlds. It's like he's faking being a person who has that lifestyle, but he really doesn't. But that right. makes but that makes him a target for people who are going after people like that. Yeah. And so, so to me, the the you know the perspective of this movie now after I've had some time to kind of like digest it, you know, and get over the fact that I didn't really find him likable in the moment is like this guy. I would not want this guy's life. You know, this guy has, whether he's chosen the profession or just like found himself in this world, he's just, he's so, um, he's got like so little upside to his, to what, how his life is and what his life choices are and so much downside, you know, he's constantly pandering and kind of, uh, you know, trying to appease people who actually have wealth and actually have power. Yeah. And he's at their mercy all the time and he's having to to sort of behave in a very humiliating way, really. Right? Like that that party scene where he's trying to get the guy's attention and the guy clearly right. views him as just a total Scum. annoyance, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, this is a this is a terrible, you know. <laughs> this is a terrible yeah. existence." And um so yeah, I I think I don't know if, if that really fits in with like it, you know, the the word theme, but to me, uh, the perspective, as I said, of the movie is, is kind of like one of pity to me. It's, it's sort of, it's sort of like in the beginning you're, you're presented this character and it's like, yeah, you know, we don't like this guy. Right. Like he's kind of annoying. Right. But then like over the course of the movie, it's sort of like, you should actually feel bad for this guy. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah, I mean, there, and I do think one of the most successful, for me anyway, like the scene that you want to have happen, that you're sort of just waiting for it at a certain point, is the scene in the parking garage, right? When, um, I can't, the, the uh, trademark Jim Cummings meltdown scene. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, you know, it's going to happen. He's going to be standing by a car and he's going to be like losing it, mm-hmm. right? Um, and when he sort of just admits all of sort of the, the, the facade drops, right. Mm -hmm. And he just sort of admits, he's like, I'm, you know, like extremely unsuccessful. I'm very unhappy. Right. I make terrible choices and I hate myself. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and ultimately he's like confessing to his fiance and it's like, and I cheated on you, right? Yeah. Um, and like in that moment, as he's sort of laying it all out there, there's something you imagine like freeing about that, right? Where you're like, okay, this is like the unburdening that we're looking for. And, um, and, uh, you know, now he can, like, turn a corner and be, like, the type of person and fiancé and husband that uh, you... That's sort of, like, 
the Pollyanna Disneyfied version of what you think is going to happen in this movie. Sure. Right. Um, but the fact that even after sort of that cathartic moment, like as you finish the movie, like that's not how things go. Right. He's, right. he's not a changed man at that point, as much as he might like to be, um, to me made the movie that much more, uh, enjoyable and perhaps to your point made me a little less um i don't know like i don't know if sympathetic or it, like it made it might it might have made me more sympathetic to the character it just felt real to me right that yeah, like yeah. we have these like as humans we have these glimpses of sort of profundity and we're like yes i now understand the way i want to be in the world Mm-hmm. And then we just sort of slip back into our old comfortable patterns and habits and yeah. crutches. Um, and that to me, like on one hand, it's not satisfying the way Hollywood movies are supposed to be satisfying because we want people to like grow and change and become better. But on the other hand, like it felt more in line with sort of the philosophical like belief system of the movie, which is right. like this guy well, we'll talk about sort of the technology bit in a second, but sort of the fundamental bet that people are predictable and mm. can be and are going to make the choices uh, that you expect of them at a certain with a certain percentage of confidence, mm-hmm. right? Like, I felt like that was a really nice way of buttoning up that point at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Right. This guy was a target based on some algorithm that just analyzed him and said, like, you will fall for this. Right. Yeah. Right. You are prime. You are prime target for this. And type that of and that software attack. was correct. He was. Yeah. He was very much someone who would fall for it. Yeah. Um, it had a, a, you know, this might be, seem a weird comparison. It had a sort of a, a, a the graduate kind of uh feel to me the ending i just think of that as uh you know any time that a movie is like close to having a happy ending and then there's just this little glimpse of like maybe it's not so happy right <laughs> right? right that's that's i associate that with the graduate let's so let's let's sort of like walk through the end of the movie right like so for those uh who are listening who may not have had a chance to check this out because this isn't you know a widely uh popular or famous film uh the at a very very high level from a plot perspective what happens is this hollywood agent gets an invite to an anonymous tryst uh in a hotel room where it's uh he and his sexual partner are to wear blindfolds and then um basically to never see each other one again never see each other again he goes for it he has his engagement with uh sort of a a to him anonymous lady and um can't sort of stop thinking about it and eventually sort of uh, through a series of maneuvers um figures out the origins of where this initial envelope and invitation came from tracks down um to the to a particular residence visits uh the residence and then basically attacks uh the man who lives there 
right? Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about this this conversation, okay. right? Because um, if I understood it correctly, the 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 con is based, or not the con, but the the, uh, the scheme, the extortion, right? Is mm-hmm. basically this. Um, I computer, mach- you know, like algorithm, machine learning guy, right? Uh, comb through the internet and I identify all the people who I think I could get to participate in this exact type of arrangement. Mm-hmm. And I, um, send them I, a purple I, letter. I, yeah, I send them a letter. Uh, they, and what I do when they are engaging in their experience is I film them unbeknownst to them because they are blindfolded. Right. Mm. Um, and then, uh, I, once they, um, once they're, once they leave, I then send them another letter. That's basically like, if you don't pay me, I am going to give this, I'm going to send this video to your spouse. Mm. Right. Um, and, uh, he then, is like you were you Jim Cummings you were the one person who didn't respond to that final demand for money right and I was wondering if maybe like my scheme doesn't work reliably but the fact that you're here uh, demanding to know the identity of the person you were with uh, proves to me that this um it was so meaningful to you that you like tracked me down, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you've proven that my program absolutely works. And now my beta test of which you were a part is complete. And now we will go to the like production launch of the right. Thing. Right. Okay. Did I basically get the scheme right? I feel like I might have missed the nuance of pay me and you get XYZ. No, I got. I mean, I got to admit, um, I must have missed. There, there's a key detail that you just said is basically the blackmail portion of the threat to inform your spouse. I somehow missed that entirely. So I'll have to watch that scene again. What I picked up on, the part that I remembered, I should say, is that he said the second envelope reveals the identity, like like tells you that you can, um, you know reveal the identity of the person. So I missed that it was a threat to blackmail you. I thought it was, um, you know, mainly the, uh, if you want to find out who it was, you have to pay money. I, you know, it's funny. That was the other possibility, uh right? But I wasn't, and it was like, you pay me and I'll tell you the identity of the other person. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but okay, what I so, couldn't, but what I couldn't figure out is, like, these spouses are finding out about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, how? Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. In the 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 very first scene, the opening scene of the film, it's a woman who tells her. Yeah, husband. she tells her husband, right? And so we see his motivation there. Then. Um, then we see, uh, then we see that like a man who's 
who's clearly looking at photos of men, you know? Um, but I, I don't remember how, if the movie reveals how his wife finds out something. Yeah. It's, it might, it might've been from watching a video. I, I, I don't remember that part. And then, then the third case, I don't, I don't recall the movie revealing how his wife knows. So it could be, I mean, you could absolutely be right. And I actually think that would make a ton of sense. It's also possible that the movie doesn't explicitly say it, but it just sort of trusts you to kind of read between the lines, which I just failed to do. Um, but it was not clear to me how the spouses were finding out. I just sort of yep. accepted like they're finding out one way or another. Yeah. That was the part that I, I wasn't sure. Like, well, and the reason, but, that here, but it, here's, but here's one reason to sort of question what, you know, your version, which is the wife of the, you know, the Asian guy, he's, yeah. de- he's depicted. I mean, he's a, he's a very wealthy man, right? Right. Yeah, so Raymond, why, producer, why yeah. wouldn't he have paid to prevent his wife from finding out? Well, yes. I, I, so put it this way. I think your, I think your reading is the more correct one, which is the money, like the money that the, that the tech guy was extracting from everybody was about finding out the identity of your partner, of your anonymous partner. Because it's like you can't get the. I think the idea being like you can't get them out of your head. You feel like they, you might be better off with them than with your current partner. And he's like, because I'm so good at this, I'm so good at matching people Mm -hmm. that like, um, they're going to pay me for to find out the identity of that person because they like kind of belong together. Yeah. Right. And so like the piece that didn't add up to me was like, how are these spouses finding out about this and like murdering their you know their their spouses in these situations i know in the very very beginning yes there's a woman who actually just tells her husband about it but like generally speaking it's like yeah like you hear about you know okay so then okay so regardless of what the answer is we can keep going so uh so then the jim cummings character named jordan uh now that he knows like the scheme he just sort of like runs away right Mm -hmm. um and then it becomes apparent that he and his fiance Caroline, both of them participated in the beta test. Right. She also responded to an envelope. Right. Right. Because he sees her holding a purple envelope. Right. Towards the end. And so then they sort of view this as like, well, we're both absolved. We've both made the same mistake and mm-hmm. now we can recommit to one another. And yeah. they then hit the road and leave town. And then we hear stories that they're like, are these increasing volumes of murders pertaining to this issue, like the mm-hmm. the beta test or what is eventually like, I guess the, that's not the alpha, it's like the, the generally available release. The, the general, yeah, the, the like... 1.0. Launch. Um, and so I'm like, is murder part of the equation? Like, is that yeah. part of what we're, that the guy, you know, I guess it's this Johnny PayPal character. Is that who it is? <laughs> right, um, right, Johnny PayPal. Um, like, is that part of the plan? 
or what? I don't you know. know. Like, it I, seems very unclear because, um, you know, I'm increasing the more I think about it and, and the more we talk about it. I don't think that there's a blackmail aspect to it because the, the two men we see. So the very first case, the woman just confessed Like she just tells him. Right. Right. So, but in the second two cases, the men don't seem to have any awareness that their wives could know. Right. You know, it's, it's a very, it's very much a surprise to both of them when their spouses murder them. Right. And so I have to think if there were a letter that arrived, which per that scene, you know, the main character, Jim Cummings character is the only one who didn't receive it. So everyone else did receive it. The only way those scenes would make sense is if those men got that letter, dismissed it and just thought, nah, that's a, that's a bluff. They're not going to actually tell my spouse. Right. Right. That's the only, that's the only version that would be consistent with their behavior. But that does, I don't think that is very plausible. I think it's more like they didn't think their spouses would find out. And so I think the movie doesn't answer the question of how their spouses find out. They just do something. Yeah. I think it's just like, look, spouses find out about these things. Right. (laughs) Right. Sometimes. Um, and if they do, they might murder them. Although I feel like it's a little, <laughs> the, the idea that it would become this like epidemic of murders seems a little <laughs> extreme, yeah. right? Like I'm pretty sure lots of people find out about, you know, infidelity just, you know, all throughout the nation every day. And it's not like every single time it ends in a murder. Most of the time, it's still not something you would kill somebody for. Yeah, yeah. That I, that was the thing that I couldn't quite grasp. I was like, "What? How is how is the murder part so predictable?" <laughs> it's a it's a heightened um, reality, you know. Right. In this world, every spouse reacts with extreme violent rage when they find out. <laughs> it's like an interesting like window to the soul of the writers of the film. It's like, yeah, well, I know. Like, well, I would spouse... I would definitely kill them. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume everyone one... is like me. One way ticket to murder town. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, um, but that whole, but I, I really liked uh, the whole notion of you are so predictable, mm-hmm. right? Uh, frankly, all people are. There's enough people in the world that I can identify in this test and I'm going to become a billionaire by, yeah. um, by doing this. Uh, yeah, and and the only reason the only reason you are different, it's be from other people. It's not because you're special, right? It's because the you didn't get the letter. Yeah, the envelope got lost in the mail, right. which you like actually were the person who sabotaged that delivery. But yes, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah. So I think I really like, and this is why like I liked both of the tracks that I'm describing independently. And I struggled mm-hmm. to merge them. Now, the point that you made, like um, how uh, Jordan is like a particularly interesting target for this particular scam by virtue of sort of the fakeness of his, the way he presents on like social media, mm-hmm. for example. Um, but I wonder if perhaps like that would have been a really interesting lane for the movie to go down is like, Raymond 
or excuse me, Jordan is sort of special, right? Like he's not rich. He's pretending to be. And the other people who appear to be uh, targeted, like are legit successful, right? Like Raymond, the movie producer and Mm -hmm. his, um, and his lover. And so it's like, uh, it would have been really interesting if the beta test failed, not because it was bad at predicting people's behaviors, but it misperceived people's wealth. Yeah. You know, like everybody presents as being more successful on the internet than they actually are. And, um, and so like, he just literally can't get the money he expects to get because he's like, he's targeting all these people who are morally, you know, susceptible in the ways he predicts, but financially incapable of paying him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, that would have been an interesting angle for sure. I think, uh, I think the movie was going for kind of what we've landed on, which is, you know, it's sort of digging into this guy being a little bit pitiful and predictable and not really deserving of anybody's envy. Right. 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 So, um, should we talk about best parts of the movie? I do definitely think there's some good stuff in this movie. Yeah, for sure. You go first. Me go first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I will say it's been a little while. I think I saw the movie probably a month ago or so. Mm -hmm. Um, so something, a scene that definitely sticks out in my memory as being very amusing was when his assistant says either did your wife sit on your face this morning or did you wake up on the right side of the bed this morning? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he and he hears the sexually raunchy, you know, mm-hmm. one first. And then he's like, what did you say? And she's like, did you wake up on the right side of the bed? And I think, you know, as the audience, we're very much, I have every reason to suspect she said the much more normal thing, right? Right, right, um, yeah. But, but he's like obsessed like it's like shows him like later working out and he just like stops and like, nah, she said it. <laughs> and he's just like, you know, the idea that he was like just asking himself over and over throughout the day as he's like going about his days, like, did she say that? Or did I just imagine that? And then he like finally decides he's like, no, she definitely said what I thought she said. Right. And it becomes this massive it's just, it was such a funny, comical kind of scenario to me, especially when he confronts her and he's like, I know what you said and you need to admit what you said. And she's like, what did I say? And he's like, he's just like so angry about it. Right. Right. Um, that to me was, I don't know, like where that scene came from, like how he conceived of that sort of setup, but yeah. I thought that was really hilarious and really well done. Yeah. Uh, another, I think just generally um, the dynamic between Jordan and his assistant Jacqueline mm-hmm. was like grade A material. There's another moment later in the movie where he's in his office and he throws something and it like shatters the glass window <laughs> or door. Uh-huh. That so, and he thinks he it's like later at night and so he thinks he's alone in the office and Jacqueline like pokes her head up out of her cubicle right. to look at him and he like without missing a beat is like don't worry about that I'm gonna pay for that don't you know that's yeah, fine yeah. this is fine yeah right and I feel like that's like exactly sort of the type of Cummings like mm-hmm. approach that I was that I like where it's like 
clearly there's something wrong. You're shattering windows at work, yeah. right? And the fact that you are trying to play it off is like, that's totally fine. I meant to do that. That's okay. I'm going to pay for that. Like, mm-hmm. is um, by downplaying it, you're making it weirder, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know? Like, because right. if he was like, oh my That's gosh, not an appropriate so... reaction. To right. That yeah. Because what yeah. you should do in this situation is be like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Like, right. That's, right. I, you know, I lost it for a moment there and I shattered a window. That's, that's terrible. Like, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll take care of this. I'm so sorry that you had to see that. Right. Like, that would be like t- making a bigger deal out of it would actually be more normal than like underplaying it the way he does. So, yeah, I just really like him, the sort of way he's, um, trying to keep it together Mm -hmm. but like clearly anybody who's observing him is like what is wrong man right like in other words we just like him doing the jim cummings thing yeah just do the jim cummings thing again yeah yeah um i also really loved i mean jim cummings from what i can tell from the two movies of his i've seen so far it's all about the moments you know, there's yeah. just the, his his movies seem to be filled with lots of really great moments. Like for Wolf of Snow Hollow, the uh, the do your job scene, <laughs> I still love so much. Um, in this one, another one comes really early in the movie, but it's at this guy's party, Raymond's party, where yes. he's he keeps trying to you know have a few minutes to sit with him and kind of pitch him on this you know new opportunity to partner packaging deal, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he's like, I'm going to give it one more shot, you know? And he goes to the guy and he's like sitting down and trying to go through his spiel and he gets, starts inter- laughing, yeah. and he gets interrupted by, you know, the wife who's coming to just show him a funny video like a or something. Video. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's just like his reaction to that I thought was priceless. His like, just, his, you know, he's, he's got this total facade of I'm excited, you know, really want to talk to you about this thing. Let's keep talking. Let's keep the conversation going. And being interrupted and seeing him in just like a private moment being furious that he's being interrupted uh, was so good. It was very, you know, chef's kiss for me. Um, And I feel like there's a lot more of like little instances like that in the movie, um, which I'm just not really recalling at this moment because it was a while ago that I saw it. Yeah, typically, like whenever the Jordan character, whenever his like his heart rate goes up quite a bit, that's sort of your cue that this is going to be like one of the good parts, mm-hmm. right? Um, He's getting frustrated. But, yeah, that's going to happen when he accosts like the delivery guy on the scooter, and he's mm-hmm. like, um, like any any time when he tries to sort of like act like, hey, what I'm doing is normal, and you yep. reacting the way you're reacting, that's the weird part. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so for example, you know, when he costs the guy on the scooter or when, um, I especially liked the moment where he goes to the hotel and he's <laughs> trying to like figure out who booked the hotel room. Right. And he's like, um, you know, he's like, I'm a Hollywood agent. You know, mm-hmm. you need to tell me, uh, what, what room like, or, uh, who booked this particular room. And it's like, he's like, and I don't know, like, what card it was booked on because I'm a big Hollywood agent and I work for a really important agency. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, yeah, you, you mentioned that, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Right, and the guy's just not having it at all. Yeah, it's like I'm not impressed. Anybody who has to say that they're a Hollywood agent is not important, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. um, uh, just 
those sorts of interact. The fact that he then like just starts blatantly pretending he's a cop uh-huh. later later uh-huh. in the film, and he like goes to the envelope store and he's like trying to describe like how he's solving a murder uh-huh. and like he needs you know to know who ordered these envelopes. It's just sort of like he just becomes more brazen as the film goes on, just sort of like impersonating whomever. Depend it just because he's like all I care about is getting what I want, and yeah. the fact that anybody else would put up any sort of like societal norms in my way i'm gonna try to like shame them into making them feel weird about you know about my behavior yeah i definitely liked that sequence too i felt like um if i recall it was at the envelope store that his sort of act basically worked right that's that's where they sort of were like oh okay but but that's preceded by him trying to pretend to be a cop with a security guy or like a doorman at an apartment mm-hmm. building. Right. Who just like, doesn't buy it. Right. I, I really liked, I really liked the, uh, you know, the progression of like, he's, it, if I rec- it's like, he tries it with like three different people and it works with yeah. one. Right. So it's sort yeah. of, it felt kind of realistic in that way of like, this is kind of borderline. It's not that, good of a of a premise you know like you're not that good at pretending to be a cop but like every now and then it might work yeah and sure enough it like doesn't work for him two-thirds of the time yeah i just like the fact that he would like like you put people in really uncomfortable social situations when you're like i'm a cop right right and you like don't show them any credentials and you obviously are not dressed like a police officer, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's like you put people into really weird social yeah. situations when you do that. Because it's yeah. like, wait, what? You're, yeah. a, you're a cop? <laughs> like, well, nothing about this interaction makes me believe you, right? What was, his, lo- what was his go-to with the, um, it was with the, at the envelope place, they like start to suspect towards the end because the guy asks for a card and he's really quick on his feet with that last one where he's like, whatever he claims to be FBI or something. Yeah. He's, he's like, FBI don't carry we, cards. We don't, we don't carry those anymore. Right. 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 That's, that, that's like the police, you know, or, or like maybe asked for a badge or something. He's like, yeah. like, we don't have, we don't use badges. That's the, you're thinking of the police. Right. Right. There's so, something like, yeah, about his, um, confidence and sort of like he kind of understands that uh if i and it's sort of very i think related to him being a hollywood agent Mm -hmm. and like a kind of relatively unsuccessful one but who wants to project success right is like the only way that i ever walk into a room as if is as if i'm the most powerful and important person in it right right and that's and i think what i like what i really like is there are those interactions where he is pulling that move in the stationary store and in the re- real like the um the uh, office of the apartment building right and it's kind of working right because people are sort of not they don't know how to behave in the mm-hmm. face of that type of authority mm-hmm. and like the one person who sees right through him is the person in his industry Raymond who's like you're nobody right like <laughs> I don't need to pay any attention to you at all. I yeah. think that you are like a bottom feeder, right? Yeah. And and the only sort of move that um, that Jordan has at that point is, 
I'm, I'm excited. Let's keep talking. (laughs) Right. Um, and so I really liked how Jordan will continually go to his, his sort of standard bag of tricks and just anytime that that gets punctured right in the hotel with Raymond, like I, it be, it's, it's delightful. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Well, there's a lot of good stuff like that. Um, why don't we move on to fix the movie? Mm-hmm. Uh, how would you fix the movie, Adam? Yeah. Well, I think something about the, like, I get that the movie has like this murder element to make it exciting right like begins unnecessary it feels a little like oh it 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 feels like they had some murder scenes that they're like those would be pretty good murder scenes Uh right but i just didn't they didn't quite make sense to me i didn't quite understand like how how they were super relevant or how like the rash of murders that's unfolding at the end like was followed from the premise so remove the murders that's your suggestion Right, I would honestly accept them if the fundamental structure of the grift had to do with informing the spouses. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it would be hard to make that make sense, right? Because, because like I said, like Raymond would obviously just pay the money, right? Wouldn't he? Like, so then his wife shouldn't find out. Yeah, it, there it might be something interesting about like you always tell like I tell the spouse hundred percent of the time anyway, even after I collect the money. Yeah, maybe because like, the good because the dude's just a little sadistic. Right, you just do it because like I'm a, doing. You know, he's like a mischief mischievous person, and he's like, that would be like I'm going to tell them anyway. <laughs> that would be an interesting like scorched earth policy, right? Like mm-hmm. no one else can run the same scam because like you've poisoned the well and nobody will buy it. Right. Yeah. If you do it once, one time, and make everybody pay you at the same time, and that like that would be an interesting move. So at any rate, like I could see a world where you could script it that way, and like the spouses find out as part of like part of the machinery, uh, maybe as like the cruelest trick. It's like an add insult to injury type of thing to the person you victimized. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. That might have been an interesting way to sort of conclude it, but I don't know that the... So that would have been, I think... That would have allowed you, not that... That would have allowed you to keep the murders in that way you like can sort of maintain the tone, that like a really uneasy tone, mm-hmm. right? Because I think that's what those murders do, is it like if... It makes the stakes really high, sure. right? Um, but yeah, they just felt like not quite motivated fully the way that they were structured. Yeah. I, I didn't really feel like they added much of anything to the movie. So I, I probably would have, would have said, just get rid of them. Just get rid of them entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we, we experienced earlier in this conversation, a little bit of confusion around what, what is exactly the reveal in that scene with the, with uh, Johnny PayPal. I think, um, and as I mentioned in at the very start, I found that whole thing to be a little uh, unsatisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I can really picture how the movie would have concluded without it. But part of me definitely wishes they hadn't actually fully explained it, or that he had never met Johnny PayPal. Mm-hmm. It 
it's sort of like a Wizard of Oz moment of you pull the the curtain aside and it's not really that impressive what you find. Right. Um, but to me, uh, I don't know. Whereas in the Wizard of Oz, that's kind of the whole point. In this one, it felt like, I don't know, it's... It fe- it feels it feels like in the world of this movie, um, it should have been a little bit more impactful to find the person who is behind all this. Um, but but I mean I think what I would have preferred is just he didn't find him at all. Yeah, like, I, I liked the mysterious purple envelope. I even liked the idea of like he found the envelope shop. And was like, what? The dude's name Johnny PayPal? There's no way that's his real name, right? I think I liked the lead up to it. I just didn't quite like the actual scene where he encounters him. Alternately, I totally thought he was going to just straight up kill him. (laughs) Yeah. Because he goes after him with a hammer. And, you know, maybe I would have liked that more. You know, (laughs) it's like, and then you could have kept the murders because it would have been, it would have sort of... established a little bit more of a consistent tone and like level of darkness to the movie. Um, but yeah, it, it almost feels like it would have made more sense for him to kill the guy and then sort of, you know, stumble off and, and it'd be like, wow, this person is truly spiraled to the point of like committing murder. Right. 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 Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, I've just suggested completely like polar opposite ways of hypothetically fixing the movie, which is to like not introduce the character at all or have him murder that character. <laughs> but I feel like either of those would have somehow been more uh, satisfying to me. Yeah, I was really surprised that he doesn't murder Johnny, Johnny PayPal. Um, it didn't. I was like, everything I know about this character make, screams to me that he's like feel that he's murderous right now. Yeah. Right. Um, and not that like I was like having bloodlust or anything. That wasn't like I didn't want to see it, but it just felt it just like, felt when, like he, motivated, right? when he decides to walk away. I'm like, wait, why? What's the what's the feeling that he's having? What's the what's going through his head right now? So, yeah, I, I agree. It it felt weird. Like put it this way. There was no way to totally fix as much as I I actually liked the scene like in a vacuum mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um I love creeping you know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm. I've realized in movies like I love a character walking slowly <laughs> and the camera moving with them slowly toward like a thing right mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. it's just a thing that I enjoy in films I've learned this about myself right. um and so like I liked that aspect of the scene. I liked Johnny PayPal's performance. I liked mm-hmm. um, sort of the cynicism and coldness of it. I liked the the basic sort of twist of there are three envelopes, mm-hmm. right? Like I thought, I like that's good. That's that's really that's well done. But the f- the o- the higher level problem, I think, is one that you called out, which is like we don't know Johnny PayPal and he's being introduced at the 11th hour mm-hmm. and I have no relationship to this character. It just feels like a weird, like wizard of Ozzy kind of moment of like, Oh, that's, that's what this is. Not something that's been planted 
somehow earlier in a satisfying way. Yeah. Um, and so, um, as far as like fixing that scene, yeah, <laughs> like just some sprinkle some light murder in that scene. That would have been an improvement. But I would think I probably would have preferred somehow for us to like have been thinking about this issue more like consistently throughout the film and think about yeah. this character of yeah. Johnny PayPal more throughout the film. You know, I think another thing it could have possibly done is every scene that involves his wife in this movie, mm-hmm. I found just made him more unlikable because mm-hmm. his wife is like presented as a fairly normal person. And yeah. it's, sort of, it's sort of like implied that, you know, he's changed. Like they got engaged and maybe he was sometimes natural and warm and, and kind with her. But now he's just completely preoccupied and distracted and doesn't pay any attention to her. And, um, and so there, there, there was really, there were no scenes that I can recall that kind of endeared you to this character, meaning his character. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think the scenes with his wife or some of the scenes with his wife would have been opportunities to show you a little bit of humanity in him. Mm -hmm. Um, Like if maybe he sort of like did something, you know, thoughtful for her or, just, just, you know, or, or showed some compassion for like her or, a, or, or, or an in-law or something like that. Um, then it would have felt more in character for him to stop short of murdering the guy. Mm-hmm. But he just didn't have any of those moments in the movie leading right. up to that scene, which is why it sounds like you and I both were like, no, this guy's totally, you know, capable of murder. He's he he's come across up to this point as like a sociopath, right? Right. Um, so so maybe if they had if the movie had tried to make it like, no, he's not a sociopath, <laughs> you know, like he is capable of like real human connection, like with his fiance, for example. Um, but it just never showed us that, and so that's why I think maybe it's it felt a little bit. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, underwhelming to see him come at the guy with murderous rage and then just decide not to follow through. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the movie, to your point, sort of really consistently paints him as a self-centered, you know, like insecure, like jerk, you know. Yeah, and it's like, uh. And and so in that regard, like him 180ing at that moment in the film and being like, I'm choosing to spare your life. Yeah. It's sort of like, oh, I didn't, it didn't make sense. So right. why? Um, <laughs> right. Uh, this guy like kind of is ruining your life. Like, yeah. why are you not doing something? And he doesn't even attempt to stop the scam either. He's like, yeah. oh, I guess, yeah, you're going to be really rich. I guess I should leave. Right. Right. Um, very strange uh, so um, so yeah I don't know I mean as far as like other ways to to fix the movie um, this I, it, it, my suggestion is like way too big and impossible 
but it but it's something like either make the movie about like human predictability mm-hmm. and like the internet and like the fact that you are just uh frankly like an automaton whose data can be gathered and then your next movement decided before you know it or make the movie about like the hollowness of this person and the profession that they have are and how the profession they are in is a useful mirror to that Mm. uh but this is like two things and what i'm describing is a fundamental like re I would I would almost have rather like Jim Cummings made two movies basically mm, mm. you know or it sounds like just make it about six more things right if you want to go all if you want to shoot the moon and be like be like uh uh what's the word what's the movie you referenced earlier sorry to bother you. sorry to bother you yeah yeah well don't, don't I think make it, it about just two things. <laughs> He's a, he you know in some ways I'm describe he's like a victim of his good ideas like I think these are two really strong ideas mm-hmm. you know what I mean and I think they're both they both like warrant like exploring and like sort of scripting that's like thematically rich and consistent throughout yeah yeah um versus I think there are other movies that's like for example like to go back to my punch drunk love example you can't make an entire movie about pudding right right. I mean, or if you did, it would probably not be very good. So it's like, uh, so that's where I'm okay. Like those sorts of incidental ideas, like I'm okay just sort of throwing them in as like, yeah, that's just flavor, right? Yeah. It's just some pudding flavor. Um, But this one, it's like, no, these are two bigger ideas and they're good ideas and you like spend a fair amount of time with it. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you don't, but like the end, you know, the ending doesn't match the or... beginning. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I, I can see that as a issue with the movie, but if I think about what, what really held me back from loving this movie, I think the thematic messiness of it wasn't, wasn't really a concern. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it, it sort of comes down to the first couple things I said I didn't quite love about it, which were I didn't find the main character very likable. Well, we've talked about it enough that I think I can say I didn't find him likable at all. And um, the plot just sort of didn't hold together well enough for me. So I actually think um, those would be the two main things I would focus on. But, uh, But maybe you could, you know, kill three birds with one stone, do all of the above and probably tighten it thematically while, um, while allowing the plot to hold together a little bit better. Yeah. Anyway, still a good movie. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't think that was one of the reasons that I nominated that we talk about this one. We had a variety of things to choose. Yeah. Um, that to to choose from and so but this was when i was like i i just feel like i want to unpack this a little mm-hmm, bit and think mm-hmm. about it a little bit so yeah well like i said i'm still definitely looking forward to the next thing jim cummings does um i suspect it'll be quite good so excited to check it out of course i'm sure it's a couple years off but yeah i can wait um last question are we going to beam it up no. Nah. 
Nah, not quite, not quite Wolf of Snow Hollow caliber for me. Did you, did no. you, did you say yes to that one? I know I did. I think. Was it just me? I think I, wait, I think I did. Did we both? No, I don't remember. We got to track, we got to keep track we of should, these things. We should write this stuff down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I mean, I definitely, uh, I think maybe I was like one, de- maybe I was one degree removed from beaming it up and now I feel bad about that. But, um. But yeah, no, it was. I think we were both a little bit more enthusiastic about that movie than yeah, than yeah. this one. Yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, I still recommend it to anyone who wants to check it out. I believe it's on what Amazon Prime or is it? It's like rentable for video on demand. Yeah, it's on streaming somehow. Um, you can rent it, I think. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well there you have it. We're not going to beam it up. So sorry for listening to this astronaut not coming your way this particular yeah. movie put it this way yeah it's not it's not you know uh one of the the types of films that warrants uh spending all of your space bucks to beam up some space flicks to the spaceman however uh i'd recommend it yeah if you're here Watching on earth wa- and you yeah, can trivially exactly. watch it with with just a few bucks then uh, check it out and check out other stuff by jim cummings because he's a gifted and very promising young young filmmaker. Yeah. For Sheezy. All right. On that, we can All agree. Right. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm Dan. Good night. Bye.